I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. That's G-O-J-O-15. So we are off and running with the NFL season. Got a full slate on Sunday Junior and senior look like they're fist fighting each other right now. I will toss it to them. They'll give us a preview on what's coming up this week. Jeez, are you guys okay? What's happening? I know, I know where every surgery is at. He hit me right in the bad shoulder. Oh. Okay, but he, he, he targeted me. I would yeah, separate I you two you. if I was there, but I can't. I learned every dirty thing I knew about football from my father. Like, you guys have no idea what kind of things is he it, was incentivizing. Was it dirty or... Tell, telling me to, like, yeah. pull and twist ankles? Yeah. I don't recall ever saying that. I remember you saying, football. step on an ankle. Yeah. No, seriously. I didn't do that, did I? I think at some point you did. Right. He's got memory loss. He was basically yeah. putting out bounties on our youth league games here. The Philadelphia Eagles locker room changed you, dog. <laughs> Did it work or not? Well, no, your team never won. I was going to say, I played on some of the worst Pop Warner teams. I'm playing. We won one game in like three years. Anyone who ever tells you, by the way, losing builds character, no. 
It absolutely does not. Losing makes it really unfun to drink juice boxes their, and snacks after. Their, their Little League team one year, Jesse, lost, had lost all their games, and yeah. they had a bye week. They had an actual week off. And the coaches <laughs> we felt bye week in Little League week, football. Little league. Yeah. <laughs> and, recoup for the rest of the year, go back to some good on good this week. The coach, instead of giving them the weekend off, said, we're so bad, we're, we need to scrimmage somebody. We went, like, I think to Massachusetts yeah, or something. Oh, we to, to play another team. And this team beat Mike's team worse than any team beat him in the regular season. Was that on their bye week where they were kicking it off? And it was backyard. It was landing on somebody's roof. They had a legit kickoff guy on Pop Warner football. He, in yes. what world? It was, Adam Vinatieri played for that huge team. Through the end zone. Into, we had to actually hop the fence to go get the football out of the backyard. We got our, not we, they got Oh, wow. All right. You're just going to scum us out like that. Listen, I backed away from that immediately. Attitude reflects leadership. Holy smoke. We got our ass kicked because you guys didn't have us prepared. Man, no, you got your ass kicked because you guys stunk. Yeah, we were bad. (laughs) The Farmington Valley Mud Hogs were not a great day. Also, I just realized that we were close to being the same name as the South, uh, southeastern Louisiana Mud Dogs. Oh, yeah. Very close. From you, uh, the water boy. Like it cuts full circle. The whole, the whole point of this is I learned to target the injuries and weaknesses of my opponents from you. I know you've got a pin in that shoulder, so I punched the hell out of it because you tried to assault me targeting the injuries, maybe not doing something illegal to it, as wink, wink, as anybody knows, but, you know, just letting them know you know where they're injured. Jesse, worst defeat you ever had in your life? You remember it? Do I remember what? The worst loss that you ever had in your sporting career. So, mm, no, I, mm, yeah, Probably my freshman year of college, because in high school, um, I went to a very famous women's lacrosse high school. We won, we lost like one game my entire high school career, like just like. Oh, so you were like the independent high school football of women's high school lacrosse. Yes, like my coach is like notoriously famous. It's crazy. So I got to college, and we immediately started losing a lot, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I like to forget that stuff. <laughs> you people stink. What yeah. are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Jesse was, Jesse was looking around at her teammates the way Patrick Mahomes was looking around the wide receiver room last night after that Chiefs game here. Oh, going, God. I just need somebody, somebody to help me right now. By the way, all those people that acted like I was crazy last week or this week when I said if Patrick Mahomes somehow manages to win this game without having the other two best players on the team out there, I don't look as crazy now, do I? That looked pretty hard out there when none of your receivers want to receive the blessings that you're trying to throw Listen, their way. four drops in here, plus uh, Kadarius Tony, not only dropped, but right through his hands off a shoulder pad, led to a 50-yard interception return for a touchdown by the rookie Brian Branch for Detroit. It, it looked bad out there. You needed somebody to step up without Travis Kelsey being there, and nobody really did. 11 different receivers caught the ball, but – you never really felt comfortable to the point where this is Patrick Mahomes. With seven minutes to go, they were down one. Couldn't do anything then. They get the ball back with two minutes to go around midfield. All they need is a field goal, and they have one of the worst series they could ever have. A drop ball, a long completion called back for holding, a false start. Next thing you know, it's fourth and 25. The, I mean – the comedy in that moment. Yeah. I know we joke about the NFL script writers. They've got that great ad run oh, right now about it. Whoever scripted finally calling Juwan Taylor for a f- 
false start yeah. on the fourth and 20 with the game on the line. That is a yeah. master NFL writing here. Give that person a raise. Pay all the writers, by the way. We support the yeah, strike writers in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. But give that person specifically a raise and, for that moment. And what goes on behind the scenes, and you know this because you were a victim of it when you were at Notre Dame and oh, played Stanford, my darkest is time. the coaches will be in the ear of the officials all the time saying, he's lined up too deep. He's moving too quick. Watch him. Watch him. Watch him. Watch him until you finally get the call at the end of the game. And he did kind of wiggle a little extra he before. Yeah. I understand people were looking at that too. They were talking. The Lions coaches were absolutely yeah. talking to them about that the entire game, I'm sure. But the referees also decided, hey, this is what goes for this game, by and large. And so everyone crying in my comments about why are the offensive line cheating, mind your business, it's not cheating when they don't call it there. That's exactly That right. was the game we had last night there. By the way, that decision to go for it on 4th and 25 for Andy Reid, backed up in his own territory, yeah. two minutes left and three timeouts there, that seemed a little surprising to me. I'm all for being aggressive on 4th down. 4th and 20, when you got that kind of action yeah. still in your hip pocket there, that seemed a bit like Andy, Andy Reid knew, man, we just don't have the dogs to yeah. hunt tonight on offense. Well, a lot, of, a lot of times it's you go by flow of the game, right? Normally you think Patrick Mahomes give him another shot and then don't don't take the chance on fourth and twenty five. But you're right, it goes to looking at the game and what's happening and saying, I don't have a whole lot of confidence going on here, so let's let's try and get it one play. And are we going to get the ball back? I thought they would have had more confidence in their defense based yeah. on what had gone last night. I. I it's so weird because I am the most aggressive. Like, I, I was still bad in the booth. I'm, like, playing with everyone else's money, saying, oh, yeah? go for it on every fourth yeah. down. But that one, I was even like, man, your defense had played well enough to where maybe you pin them back there and let those guys go to work. Maybe you can get the ball back there. But, Dad, let's move on from last yep. night. We have the full weekend now, the full slate of NFL games coming up this weekend that are going to be very interesting here. I think there's a handful, Dad, that as I look at this weekend, right, and we've got some really good ones, division matchups like Green Bay and Chicago where we're going to get a look at right. Jordan Love playing for the first time. The 49ers going on the road to the Steelers that all of a sudden has a different tenor now that Nick Bosa is back in the building for that team. But I look at a game like the Bengals-Browns, and I am fascinated, not just because Joe Burrow got paid all of that money, but because you're going and trying to answer the question of, who are the Browns going to be this year with a Super Bowl roster around their quarterback and Deshaun Watson, but with what we saw last year from that player and what we saw in the preseason, which is still a guy that looks like he's trying to figure out if he can be the quarterback he used to be. I mean, this, in all honesty, I, I think is a, is a question for both quarterbacks. I mean, we all, everybody seems like, oh yeah, Brock Purdy's a guy. And he very well may be, and he showed it last year, but He's got a. He's got a come. You're talking about San. I'm yeah. sorry, Cleveland and uh, and uh, uh, Cincinnati. No, I'm with you about Deshaun Watson. The the question mark is there. He got all that money, which turned out again to be an outlier, not a precedent. Where is he? Is he? Gonna, he says he wants to get back to even better than he was in Houston. It's great. You can say whatever you want. Sure, but you got to show it. But I'm with you. They built the Super Bowl uh, a roster around him, especially defensively. Though a couple of years ago, they underachieved on that defensive side of the ball. They have the ability there, but I love the weapons on offense. I still am not sure why Dallas got rid of Amari Cooper. He and CeeDee Lamb together. Now you would have to yeah. pay them both. Sure. CeeDee Lamb had a great year last year, but those two together, not like you can't have two great receivers on a team, IEC Cincinnati on that one. Uh, but, but this is all about Deshaun Watson, without question, how he is back. And do you give him the benefit of the it's week one and we're not sure? I don't know if you do because he's had a lot of time to progress or get back in and knock the rust off. He got in at the end of last season sure. and didn't look good. 
He's one I think you got to start the season out strong, and he's got to start hitting right away and show, yeah, I'm on, I'm back on the positive side. Yeah, it, it's got to start to pay immediate dividends, or else that Browns front office yeah. that we talked about going to start to panic a little. And bit. nothing they can do about it either, right? No, nothing. Deshaun Watson isn't going anywhere. No. So I mean, this you're living and dying literally with this one. And I think we've already seen some give from Kevin Stefanski in the preseason on changing the offense to fit more of Deshaun. That was always a conversation when you had Baker Mayfield there on your yeah. center was what he did versus what Kevin Stefanski and that offense wanted to do. Timing on the precision right. on the routes here. A lot of play action under center stuff. During the regular preseason, we saw more four and five wide receiver sets from right. them. Deshaun Watson back in the shotgun, empty looks, the stuff that made him comfortable when he was in Houston that honestly goes against what you had last year. I mean, this is a team that probably could have claim to saying we've got the best running back in the NFL Without and Nick Chubb. Yeah. They built that offensive line to be the engine that makes it go with him. And now you're willingly at times going to take the ball out of what is your best player in Nick Chubb, probably him and Miles Garrett on that team, you could argue as the current best players right. on those Agreed. roster. You're going to willingly take touches away from him to try and feed to your quarterback because that's what's got to go for your team. And let's see how long that lasts. Obviously, yeah. it's a it's a production from a production standpoint. Is it working? If not, you go back to what they do best, and that's run the ball. Yeah. This is a this has been a running team behind one of the better offensive lines in the league that you're right is is now trying to switch up a little bit and make it more of a passing team. We'll see. You know, success will 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 breed more success in that or they just turn around and hand the ball off to Nick. I'm fascinated also in this game, the matchup I'm most excited to watch is what this Bengals offensive line starts to look like right. now. This is a group that went out and spent on Orlando Brown Jr. Jonah Williams has moved over to the right side there. Miles Garrett against that offensive line here to see because, man, if Cincinnati, even last year, they had gone and remade so much of this line, but it took a while for that to start to gel. You've got a lot of these guys that are back here in the middle. We talk about Ted Karras, Cordell Volson, Alex Kappa. If that group takes a big step forward this year, Dad, all of a sudden we unlock something crazy in this Bengals offense, considering right. what they've been able to do with Joe Burrow basically living getting hit. I was going to say their track record is not good there, right? No. Going back to the Super Bowl year, being sacked 70 times. And what was it last year? I think he was, uh, he was sacked 41 as a team. They were sacked 44 times. The line has not been great from a pass protection standpoint. So much seeing if they can improve it's different than like the Colts the Colts old line had been great and had a really bad year last year sure. to try and get back to where they were Cincinnati had never been a great line they had always been getting their quarterback hit and that's something that has to change just for the survival of Joe Burrow yeah I, I, and I think I'll be Orlando Brown Jr. is a very good player and culture wise he seems to fit in really well up there he's been excited about there he's a great guy to have in that room and he comes from the pedigree of what yeah. they were able to do in Kansas City and hopefully bring that over. They're hoping he's the capstone to that team. Dad, at that game, by the way, the Bengals, two-and-a-half-point road favorites in that game. I like the Bengals and the points I there, too. too. Yeah, I, I, I do, too. I can't trust the Browns. I'm going to have to see it at this point from them if they're willing, able to, on offense, get a quarterback to produce in a way that can support the rest of that roster. Because the Bengals roster, defensively, I think is there while they've had to sub some guys in the back end. Lou Anarumo gets the benefit of the doubt from me that he's going to be able to get the best out of those guys. I'm again. going with what I know. And I know what Cincinnati is. And I don't know what Cleveland is because I don't know where Deshaun Watson is. So sure. same way, going with Cincinnati, given the point. Yeah, one of the interesting ones to me is Dolphins. 
Dolphins at Chargers. Because remember last year, Sunday night game when the Dolphins came out to Los Angeles, right. played the Chargers, and Brandon Staley and company gave everyone else the blueprint for how yep. to stop this Miami offense, right? The rest of the season, we saw Brandon Staley, who is a disciple of Vic Fangio. Right. He's one of the guys that falls under that tree of dudes. They went out there and were able to stop it. How do you see it going this time around? The Chargers, three-point favorites at home in this game here with now Kellen Moore making his debut calling offense on one side for the Chargers and the aforementioned Vic Fangio showing up for his first rattle out of the box with the Miami defense. So what's interesting is we thought last night we all took the over yeah. in last night's game, right? And and we certainly weren't there. It was 53 and a half and it was 41. Very sad. I would have thought the same thing in this game, right? With the offense that Miami has, though, in calling that game, the offense did not look good last year for Miami. And what uh, the Chargers have as well. So I would look at the over, which makes me now nervous because of what I saw last night and what they're going to come out with. I, I expect, and I expected a little bit last year, the Chargers to be a little more of a surprise. And I think now not so much a surprise. I think they should be one of the better teams. And do they elevate themselves into the conversation of the deep AFC that we've been talking about? Well, I think Miami's there, especially with that roster. And the linchpin there is Tua being healthy. And it's week one, so right now I think it's it's just fine. So their big play capability, though the Chargers obviously had that as well. Who, who's going to have more big plays in this? Who's going to have more chunk 20-yard-plus plays in this game? And I don't feel like there's going to be that many to come by just because both defenses and the way they're yeah. naturally structured, right? Last year, Miami played that style of defense, and you had that Brian Flores influence of, we're going to play single high. We're going to fire bodies at you in the backfield. We're going to try and make your life a living hell. Both these teams want to sit back with two high safeties. Both teams want to have that four-man front up there, and they want to keep everything in front of them, and they want to funnel all that in there. And that's what they did so well last year, did the Chargers against that Dolphins offense. I feel like that's what you're going to see from Vic yeah. Fangio. He has authored the NFL's defense that is in vogue right now, kind of the same way we talk about those Shanahan-McVay guys. We're seeing Vic's defense show up in a world where people don't want to give up the big plays. So I think it's going to be a Chargers team that's a little more used to taking what's there underneath. And can Mike McDaniel and company now, in this next iteration of the Dolphins offense, find ways to make Tua comfortable against the defense that made him the most uncomfortable last it year? It will be interesting, them looking at that tape from last year, because even, even keeping everything underneath, I still like how Miami should be able to get yards after the catch, yeah. you know, with a Tyreek Hill and, and a Jalen Waddle, Waddle, but Hill for sure. And you have to give the Chargers credit for what they did. I, I, I do think because it's week one, you may see more big plays in this game. But um, I'm anxious to see where the Chargers go because I expect them to really, as I said, vault into and do we base anything off of week one of what we saw out of Kansas City that maybe the Chargers will kind of be a team that can challenge them a little bit in the division? I, I don't, I'm tough to say after week one, but can only go off of what you saw. Especially if that Chargers offensive line that's getting healthy again, right? They're going to get Rashawn Slater back at right. left tackle. Corey Lindsley, Zion, that interior of that group's been good. They're another one. If that O-line bumps up, they can make it happen. You talk about the big plays and what this uh, Chargers offense did to the Dolphins down the home stretch of the season. In the last four weeks of the regular season, Tyreek Hill, who had been one of the best yards after catch receivers last year, always catching in a ton of space, or, uh always catching in a ton of space, averaged just 1.3 yards after the catch in four, the last four weeks of the regular season. According to Inside Edge, fourth worst of qualified wide receivers. The Chargers allowed just two and a half yards after the catch per reception to wideouts in the last four weeks of the regular season. That was the best 
in the NFL. So those guys knew how to limit those yards after catch for a Dolphins offense that's gotten probably the most speed in the NFL. Who in that game, 10 of 28, 145 yards, average 5.2 a reception in that game. You're, you're right, and I do remember doing the game. It was all short stuff. And kudos to the Chargers defense for making the tackles because that's what the thought is. Give up the underneath, but then you have to make the tackle. And, you know, I thought Miami receivers, Tyree Kill had four catch. did have four for 81 in that sure. game, average 20 a, a reception. You expect that out of him, but they kept everybody else in, in check pretty well. Yeah, they did. So that can be a fascinating game there. Chargers minus three in that game. I think it's going to be a little bit more close to the vest than some of the big plays than you do there. I could see the Dolphins keeping it within a within a field goal. You're going with the Chargers, though? I'm, I think the Chargers win that game, but I think yeah. the Dolphins can keep it within a field goal. I'm going with the Dolphins to win on the road. All right, there we go. Uh, Dad, let's finish with, and I know you can't pick this because you're calling it here, right. but the Sunday night game is going to be the one everyone's got circled. Dallas on the road taking on the New York Giants. Giants playoff team last year, won a bunch of close games, signed Daniel Jones to a good deal, but still, both sides understanding that there's something to prove for everybody involved here. What stood out to you in the lead-up and the preparation for this game? Uh, again, I, I think we, we've talked so much about the undervaluing of the running back. I think we're going to see a lot of the running game here. We yeah. have Saquon Bar. You know, Daniel Jones got paid. Daniel Jones was great running the ball as well. But you have Saquon Barkley back in the fold after the whole, you know, deal with, with the franchise tag of him running the ball against this Dallas defense. And Mike McCarthy now calling plays. Dak Prescott throwing a ton of interceptions last year. Are they going to be more conservative? Are they going to live off the run, you know, with the Tony or Tony Pollard doing that? So I think we may see something that was more around when I was playing in that division, hard running teams. You know, we may see that in this game as well. I'm going to be fascinated by how this goes because everyone's brought that up as a talking point is Mike McCarthy, more balanced play calling, more with the defense in mind. In 2022, again, according to Inside Edge, the Dallas Cowboys running back for 27.2 carries per in the 2022 season. That was the most in the NFL. Like, they ran the rock plenty last year, but going to be very interesting. I want to give a shout-out, by the way, to the Nickelodeon viewers that have been watching. Our sweet, small running back, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, Vaughn, the MVP, the Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player of the NFL's preseason. The kids Love know what they're talking Love about, that. and so does our next guest. Coming up next, we are going to talk to FTN's very own Aaron Schatz and get you ready for the upcoming NFL season next here on Gojo and Golic. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. 
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. I'm Jesse Cofield. The guys are still out in Kansas City after their live show yesterday, so pardon our road appearance. But fellas, you have a special guest joining us now. Yes, very excited, Jesse, as we get ready for the rest of the upcoming NFL season to welcome in guy I've gotten to know for a while now, Aaron Schatz. He's the chief analytics officer over at FTN Network. Now, you guys can check out as you get ready for every NFL season. Aaron puts out the Almanac, the FTN Almanac this year, that is the Bible for preseason NFL preparation. If you're not making this a part of it, whether you are someone that just watches, whether you're someone that covers, whether you're someone that's interested in fantasy football or gambling, if you listen to this program here, <laughs> Aaron is your go-to for that. So, Aaron, thanks for the time, man. How you doing? How's your offseason been? I'm good. My offseason has been very strange, uh, a lot of moving yeah. around, a lot of moving parts, but I've landed in a good place. I want to say it is an honor to finally speak to a member of the greatest defense in NFL history. Wow. Wow. There we go. See, some D, some DVOA love for the Eagles. The, the, the issue, interesting, Aaron, is whenever I talked about that defense, people always got on me saying, why don't you ever say that's one of the greatest defenses ever when I talk about Baltimore or, you know, uh, Tampa Bay or the Chicago Bears of 85. And I always say, because we didn't close the deal. We didn't win the Super Bowl. I always took that into consideration. But it was a great defense. But it's tough to check the box of one of the greatest of all time if you don't win a Super Bowl, is it not? You didn't share a locker room with Walter Payton, for one thing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> Terry, that's true. Or Terry Bradshaw or John Stallworth or... So, yeah, defensively, we have that as the best defense ever, although our numbers don't go back to the 70s Steelers. But yes, offensively, right. you guys had no help. There we go. We'll hey, listen, take, take that it. run with it, I man. Okay, hang, hang the DVOA yeah. banner. We love all that. And Aaron, as we get going here, you're you know the godfather of DVOA. Just for people who may not be super familiar, can you quickly explain what DVOA is since we're probably going to reference it a number of times through this conversation? Sure. During the season, it's a stat that measures the success of every NFL play based on the down and distance adjusted for situation and opponent. We're also going to talk about our preseason projections. Those are based on the last couple years of numbers, personnel changes in the offseason, coaching changes in the offseason, various stats that tend to regress towards the mean and, you know, all kinds of statistical mumbo jumbo. So have fun with this one. How do you project the Cleveland Browns <laughs> with Deshaun Watson being... Yeah, that's a hard one to project, right? Because we project them very well. And it's a sample size issue where you have two and a half years of Kevin Stefanski running good offenses with subpar quarterbacks. And you have all of Deshaun Watson's career being good. And then you have six games last year where it was terrible. And the belief is just that you learn more from all of those games of Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski being good than you do from the six bad games. And we also think their defense will improve now that they have a really good pass rusher opposite Miles Garrett. So we really like Cleveland this year. That is an amazing division. The AFC North, in our simulations, all four teams average at least nine wins. Wow. That's a, so what's the biggest step forward you guys see for a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers that started a rookie quarterback last year and went through some of those growing Campaigns. I mean, improvement of a rookie quarterback. You have to assume, you know, Pickett was whatever, like a little below average as a rookie, which is good for a rookie. You have to assume that rookie quarterbacks are going to improve in their second year. So we also like some of the stuff that they've added on defense. 
So we think Pittsburgh is going to be a, you know, a good team overall. But in that division, it's going to be hard. To, I mean, the whole AFC, it's going to be hard to make the playoffs. But that division in particular is so strong from top to bottom. So would you guys project that to be the strongest division in the NFL then this year? Or is there anyone else that can rival that? No, it's the strongest division in the NFL because, I mean, we just have Pittsburgh a good amount better than New England at the bottom of the AFC East. That's probably the second best division in the NFL. Well, I would ask, and again, they're the deeper conference, I get it. But what about the NFC East? I mean, you had three teams that made the playoffs last year. We'll see what Washington does, but that seems to be a pretty darn good uh, competitive division. Well, the numbers suggest that the Giants outperformed their underlying numbers last year. And I, I give some credit for that to Brian Dable. I voted for him for Coach of the Year. I think he's a great head coach so far. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see a huge improvement from the Giants. And so the underlying numbers suggest that they're going to be worse this year. Washington is, you know, really good defense, but it's hard to trust a fifth round pick in his first year as the starting quarterback. Dallas and Philadelphia, great teams. And you guys were early on Philadelphia last year and seeing what they might become here. You guys, I know also very high on the Dallas Cowboys this year. What does that team project for the upcoming season? Yeah, I think with Dallas, people remember the playoff losses and they forget just how good Dallas has been in the regular season for two years. And you learn more from 34 regular season games than you do from two playoff games. Now, you want to argue with me that come playoff time, you have worries about Mike McCarthy as the offensive play caller and you don't know if Dallas can get over the hump. I think that's a good argument. But as far as the regular season goes, this is a team that's really good, best quarterback in the conference deep on both sides of the ball, should be strong on both offense and defense. So surprisingly, we came up with them as our number one team in mean win projections. Wow. Okay. You, you talked about a fifth rounder and Sam Howell, not sure his first year being the full-time starter. We have a seventh rounder in San Francisco. Played well last year, certainly in Brock Purdy. Now coming off the elbow surgery, what does it look like projections for him in San Francisco this year? That's another one where you have to make a little bit of a guess. Are you going to sort of give them extra Kyle Shanahan points? And we did. The fact is Purdy played better in Shanahan's offense than almost any quarterback has other than Garoppolo. He's clearly better than Nick Mullins, better than C.J. Beathard. That scheme and the players that they have, I mean, just really raise the quarterback. So we do think the 49ers are going to be a very strong team overall, especially now that Nick Bosa is back for the defense. Historically, where did that Brock Purdy rookie season rank among some of the performances that we've seen over the years? It was one of the best rookie seasons for a quarterback in the last 40 years, except sample size wise, he didn't even reach 200 passes. So it's not you can't consider it in the same place as Marino or Ben Roethlisberger or Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, because those guys played a lot more than Purdy. But I mean, for a seventh round pick or anybody taken below the fourth round, I don't think there's been a rookie quarterback ever who's had a year quite like what Purdy did in limited time. So we talk about some individual, we talk about the better teams in the NFL. How about the worst teams? Who, who, who are we looking at at the bottom of the barrel? Well, I mean, we have Arizona at the bottom like everyone else. It's funny yeah. when we wrote the book, which, by the way, for folks, is still available on Amazon, FTN Almanac, Football Almanac 2023. We had Arizona not in last place because our system kind of thought Colt McCoy was a little underrated. Now Colt McCoy is gone. So Arizona, <laughs> is, 
Uh, uh, so we've got the bottom, we've got the top in Dallas. Aaron, as you look towards this season, who's going to be the biggest surprise team, the one that last year maybe wasn't in the playoffs, makes that jump that you guys are looking to make huge strides? We like the Atlanta Falcons, actually. We think mm. some of the talent they've added on defense, like Onyemata and Calais Campbell, is going to improve their defense. We think they can put out maybe an average offense, and their schedule is really easy. New Orleans and Atlanta have the two easiest schedules in the league by leaps and bounds compared to the other 30 teams. And I think people realize that about New Orleans, but I don't think they realize it about Atlanta. Don't be shocked if the NFC South, where last year the winner of the division had a losing record, puts two teams in the playoffs this year because of the schedules, even though better AFC teams will stay home while New Orleans and Atlanta play in January. Oh, all right. There's wow. a spicy one. The wow. NFC South, a two-playoff team division. That is more of what you can expect if you check out, like Aaron said, the FTN Almanac. Still available. You can still check that out. Aaron, one of the best in the business. Thanks so much, man. We'll have to talk to you again real soon, brother. Absolutely. Love to be on the show whenever you guys call. Thanks, Aaron. That one to me, yeah, because I only have New Orleans coming out of there. I mean, because you have a Desmond Ritter, you have Bryce Young, you have Baker Mayfield. Then you have Carr, you know, where the, the most veteran experienced quarterback in that division, I think, was still a good defense and weapons on offense. If two came out of that division, that would be somewhat stunning. Like I said, schedule goes a long yeah, way, does. though. And, man, you look at Desmond Ritter and you look at all the weapons around yeah. him on that offense with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and now Bijan yeah, in the backfield. Yeah. One of the first teams in a long time to start homegrown picks at all of those positions from the first round. Coming up next, though, we're going back to college. Woo! It's Kentucky Derby time. Are you ready for the greatest two minutes in sports? Saddle up with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Download DK Horse now to join the Run for the Roses action. New customers can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS, 21-PLUS in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See terms at DKHorse.com. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. I'm Jesse Cofield. Biggest story last week in college football was, of course, Colorado beating TCU. Okay, everybody was talking about it. Now, earlier this week, TCU linebacker Johnny Hodges was asked if that opening loss was a wake-up call, and here's what he had to say about that. Um, I guess you can say it's a wake-up call. Uh, I don't know how losing in the national championship by 60 isn't a wake-up call, but uh, right now we're, we're definitely the laughing stock of college football having 22 missed tackles, um, having who knows how many missed assignments, making our defensive coordinator look awful, just making his defense look like it's a childhood kid's defense and him getting all this slack. So uh, if it's not a wake-up call, then I don't know what it is. So, Okay, so some good accountability there from the young man. 
took accountability but said, and I've seen the quote plastered all over the place this week, we feel like we're the laughing stock of yep. college football right now. Felt like they made their coaches look bad. TCU, Dad, is going to have a lot of questions to answer this season coming off of a year last year where maybe you overachieved a little bit. You had right. a really good confluence of players on that offense. You've got a new coordinator now, new quarterback back there and lost a ton of skilled guys like um, Quentin Johnston, like Kendra Miller in the backfield, Steve Avila, who's going to be a starter for the Los Angeles right. Rams on the offensive line now. We'll put them aside because – I think it's right to downshift expectations a little bit, even in this year. They're not as good as, as people might have thought they were going to be, and Colorado was better than what we thought they were going yeah, to be. Yeah, I think they, they, met, they, met. they met in the yeah. middle a lot yeah. on that. But as we look forward to this upcoming college football this upcoming college football week, I should say in week two, Dad, we did some of the picks before in our games. We didn't get a chance to sit as much with this Colorado and Nebraska game that's coming up. It's fascinating what's happened here. It's become one of the most expensive tickets of the weekend for fans That's to go unreal. see. They've been selling out like they were going back to the spring game. I saw Shador Sanders said he has taken the red merchandise off his website this week. How great is it to hear a college athlete yeah. say, I'm taking something off my my account, my oh, merchandise off my website. I mean, that that is just awesome. But taking the red off because of Nebraska, this, this rivalry, what used to be fantastic, obviously, Nebraska-Colorado now – couple of different situations. Colorado trying to rise from the depths of stink. And Nebraska, man, coming off just a, a bad game last week. It looked like they were going to get kind of an ugly, sloppy win against Minnesota, and they lose it at the end of the game. Uh, so now all of a sudden Colorado's favored, and we're talking about Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders and Dylan Edwards and in this high-powered uh, offense that they had where Sanders throws for 510 yards. And you just have to look at everything is in the favor of Nebraska. Home game, the first home game for Colorado. That place is going to be a zoo. So I, I think as far as looking at the actual game, too, because there's a lot of different camps, right? Is this going to level set for Colorado while all the hype built? Do you worry at all about the locker room potentially hearing all the good things said about them and then maybe letting their foot off the gas? Because now this went from a game where, again, before last weekend, Colorado was a seven and a half point dog at home. They are now the three point home favorite. So you know how this works. You know how this works. Sometimes you get a win and you get ripped more than you would after a bad loss, right? You guys, when you're, you're, you're the guys went undefeated, you open up with Navy in Ireland, you crush Navy, and you guys got yelled at more than any sure. in the world after sure. that game. So while Dion talks very positively and hey, you guys believe now and all that to, to the media and to the public, you know what was going on in that locker room. Guys, it doesn't mean a thing if you choke the next week, if you don't get to win the next week. And really highlighting the mistakes and saying it's all for naught if you don't keep it going. So the way Dion is handling his players, I have to believe that that is really being stamped in that locker room of do not start feeling good about yourselves. This is one game and one game only. It's one of the greatest football players of all time who seems – to really be able to connect with players. And yeah. I think that's a big thing. Now, looking at the game, you know what this Nebraska offense isn't? A juggernaut. No. Because you're, you're, the worry is the Colorado defense at this, at least after game one. Sure. And that defense. But Nebraska isn't this high-flying offense, so I'm not really worried that all of a sudden it's going to be this you know, 50-45 game. But that Nebraska defense is going to – that's the, the part of, that I'm waiting to see – can they slow down this Colorado offense, which I mentioned the names of the, of the stars of that offense, 
can they keep that going or can they get muted a little bit? But I don't expect a ton out of the Nebraska offense. Well, you mentioned a lot of names on the offense. The thing I'm most fascinated about in this game is the coordinator matchup that we've got going on because we talk a lot about Colorado's offense. Maybe the most important name is Sean Lewis. Their he didn't get enough. I don't think he got enough love after the game. There's a lot of prime talk, which I get. Sure, he didn't. Sean Lewis didn't get enough love. And Deion Sanders deserves a ton of credit he for does. what he set up, hired, yeah. and delegated yeah. there. And part of that was, and I remember when they hired Sean Lewis, who spent a great a ton of time at Kent State, ran right. some great offenses there. People looked it up and their eyebrows raised when they saw that. And he came in, and I saw Stephen Godfrey, Godfrey from Split Zone Duo write about this. It's a system that simplified because you had so much newness there, right? You have really quality skill players. You have an offensive line that's going to be a little disadvantaged as far as physical they ability, are, they are. but played clean line. So what do you do? You come in and run a system that's incredibly RPO, use of having a quarterback to move around time that gets the ball in the hands of great athletes like they had on the outside. Four receivers going over 100 yards in that game. Turn it into a track meet, get the ball out quick, and prosper. He's going up against Tony White on defense on the other side that I thought in week one showed pretty well for itself. Oh, they yeah, did. the Nebraska offense did not look great. And Minnesota, we know, dealing with Ethan Kaliak, Manis taking over on that offense for a longtime quarterback uh, on that side. They lost their best running back. They had a lot of new there. So we'll see how Nebraska's D looks. But that 3-3-5 structure, another one of those things that we saw for so long. He's a disciple of San Diego State. Keep guys in front of you. Create more havoc around the line of scrimmage. I'm going to be fascinated to watch that coordinator matchup of the guys on those. I, I agree. I mean, and, and as far as, you know, Deontay, and do we do? I, I believe for this week, and I'll sure. take it week by week. Uh, I, I will take Colorado. I'll give the points. I'm going to say it's going to be an incredible home opener for them. The issue going forward is with all teams. But remember, completely remade team is as the season goes on, what do we start to see come into effect is depth. Yeah. Where's their depth? Especially on that old line. It is not a big, physical, imposing offensive line. Sure. They run that offense fast, so the guys are a little smaller and they keep going. But what happens if you start getting nicked and you have to start bringing in some of that depth? That's going to be a big test for Colorado with this completely revamped roster. Yeah, we saw Tempo as a huge weapon huge. for them early in that yeah. TCU game. A little bit more so late. It is going to be fascinating. But I think the one thing overwhelmingly Dion deserves credit for in week one that I'll transfer into week two is – he had his team ready for that moment. And so if we're talking about now a different challenge of being ready for the home opener where now people are looking at you, people are loving on you here. He got them ready for what I think is an infinitely more difficult moment coming off that offseason, going on the road against a team that was in the title last year. I think he'll have them ready for this moment too. The number that's interesting for me in this game is the over-under 59. I do feel like we could land south of that. I Everyone saw the fireworks in that last game. I think we'll get a little more resistance from Nebraska defensively. I do and well. offensively, I just don't think they're built to do some no, of the same I, things that we saw Kendall Browns and company. I don't see Nebraska putting up a lot of points. And, and you're right. The matchup is the Colorado offense and the uh, Tony White defense for Nebraska. Because, again, you're trying to stop – you know, the, 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 the Dylan Thomas, the, the Travis Hunter, and the Shador Sanders, who can, who can move as well. So that, that's a lot of weapons to try and stop. Uh, so and, and Colorado showed they can be a big play. I mean, Shador Sanders showed he can throw short, he can throw mid-range. Missed a couple of deep balls early. Hit a couple of Late. deep balls. Yeah, yeah hit, hit him, threw him right on, right on the money. So they're hitting at all levels, which has been really impressive. Can I give you my favorite bet of the weekend? Here? All right. And if you do not bet this, you are deeply un-American, and I think you hate fun. Wow. 
we've got the Cyhawk game this weekend. Iowa and Iowa State. Now, Iowa's a four-point favorite in this game. They're the better team they should win. But in this game, you have got six players from Iowa State, five players from Iowa that were suspended or right. booted from their team for NCAA gambling violations. Right. This is the gambler's game of the weekend here. And the only play in this that we need to do as a country, under 36 and a half. Oh, this could be the easiest yeah. under of all time. We all got hot and bothered last week. The drive to 325, for anyone unaware, 325 points in offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz's contract to trigger a bunch of bonuses for his performance this year. They fell under that average last point. week by a point. Going to be very interested what happens this week. But I know in this game, there should be next to zero points going on in here. If you don't bet the Iowa-Iowa State under, I don't think you enjoy fun. Uh, I guarantee you those players are betting the – oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Yeah, it's too soon. Whoa, is that too soon? It's probably too soon. I apologize for that. Pay the players. Pay the teachers. Yeah. Save the wheels. There you go. Let's finish it off coming up next with another bag secured in the world of college <laughs> sports. Next on Gojo and Gold. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament all the way through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. So whether you're bought in on heat culture at this point or think the Boston Celtics can survive a bump in the road, we got options for you. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code GOJO only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Go Joe and Gola. Michael Jr., Michael Sr., Jesse Cofield holding it down for us back in Boston. Dad and I hanging out here in Kansas City, basking in the afterglow of night one of the NFL as we get ready to head into the weekend. We're going to send you off like we always do with three quick stories to get you into the rest of your day and, in this case, your weekend. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Let us know more of what you want to see in here. And also... Make sure you go and get yourself a great pair of knockaround sunglasses. I told you, Dad, yesterday about you how did. the sun was kicking my ass all day yep. until I donned the knockarounds. They're high-quality polarized sunglasses at a very affordable price. They're not going to break the bank, and you don't got to worry about babying them, breaking them, anything right. like that. They got the first nine teams of their MLB collection out right now. If you want to, perchance, support USA, they've got the U.S. men's and women's national team soccer sunglasses, but... Red, white, and blue plays for some of the things that we're going to talk about, too. So head to knockaround.com and use promo code GOLIC to get yourself free shipping on that order. Dad, let's get to this, that, and the third. And take a look at a little bit of that USA. USA, we've got the FIBA World Cup going on right now for Team USA. Knotted up in a tight one against Germany. Yeah, right now, third quarter, uh, about seven minutes ago, U.S. down six to Germany, 70 to 64. So that's the one semifinal game. Serbia beat Canada in the other one. So Serbia is in the final. Remember, Serbia knocked off Lithuania, who beat U.S. 
So Lithuania was like, well, our win over the U.S. didn't mean a damn thing because yep. we lost to Serbia. And they're in the finals now after beating Canada. So we'll see a little more than a quarter and a half to go for the United States uh, to make up uh, right now. It's a four-point difference they just scored. So sure. we'll see if they can make that move on Germany and face Serbia in the, for the goal. I saw Draymond Green tweet some support for these guys the other day and said, you know, I know what it's like to be over there and have the whole country switch up on you. Now, the circumstances are largely different. I don't feel like anyone switched up on either. Team USA in basketball after the whole back and forth with Noah Lyles and the track stuff there. That didn't really have anything to do with them as much no. as it just had to do with this, like, ridiculous premise of a championship being balked at in the best league in the world. And then people kind of piling on the USA ways that didn't seem like anyone over here is an indictment of the hoops. No, I, I didn't think so at all. And not, not one bit. So let's see if they can pull it off. They, they actually played Germany in a friendly before this uh, tournament started and they were down 16 at one point to Germany came back and beat them in this. So right now, as, as we were talking down a handful of points with a little more than a quarter to go, hopefully we don't get Das boot right here in the semifinal oh, round. Uh, Jesse, we are saying happy trails to a longtime member of our profession here, those we found out yesterday. Yeah, Real Sports with Brian Gubble is going away after 30 years. They announced that the current season, which is airing on HBO, is going to be its last. And then we had this tweet here from our buddy Richard uh, over at The Athletic. He said, you know, basically with... ESPN ending its linear Outside the Lines show. Today's announcement on Real Sports. I think this is the end for a dedicated, long-form sports journalism show on cable or linear. Can't see a digital entity investing cash for a video version with any regularity as well. So what do you guys think? Is like I, is the end I, of an I era? I from Richard Deitch. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't. I think I might agree with that. I don't know what's going to come out in this kind of long form. Because you know what? Our society isn't used to long form anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, we have the long, attention span. The youth. That's exactly right. They don't I, want I it. Hear, you know, I hear people of your guys' age at times saying, oh, there was, yeah, it was this two-minute video. I couldn't watch it. I mean, oh, two-minute video. I don't want to hear it from you the other day complaining about watching Lord of the Rings because it's too long. But you know, I'm talking about a two-minute video. So you don't have your attention span to watch a three-hour movie, no, but I do here. No, no, no. How the turntables, brother? I'll watch a three-hour movie if it's good. It I'm is good. Bad. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm sorry you disagree with a nation. Let's go ahead. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes has kind of been proven to be foobar, but... Oh, we go. oh yeah. I see you trying to fit your narrative. Is that I mean, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, there is literature on this that you wouldn't probably get through because you don't have the attention span that I do. I, I go on the line and see that. Yeah, no, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. done. It will be interesting, though, how yeah. someone huh, on the line. Yeah. I put it out there, yeah. on the line. Yeah. I, I will say, I, I think, like we always talk about with football, a lot of this is cyclical. Maybe at some point we'll get back to it, but I think we're also going to see a lot of this change, Dad. Like, I think of and look at the rebrand and the new version of Inside the NFL yeah, and yeah. say that's a show that's a little more predicated on you sitting down and digesting more highbrow football content, yeah. breaking down plays, stuff that you might not think would have a home that now just got revamped with a little bit younger crowd, Ryan Clark hosting a group right. that's got Jay Cutler in it, that's got Chris Long in yeah. it, that's got those guys there on the CW, which, by the way, CW talk, are getting into sports scene, huh? Getting into the rights be conversation? Wow, what is Inside that? Inside the NFL on the CW? Finding that money. I tell you what, though, one thing, the CW, I will never forgive them. 
Did you know that they rebooted Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yeah. See. It's been on the CW, but we never hear or see no, it. No. What are y'all doing? In the Bible, it says you do not put a lamp under a bushel basket. You do not hide gifts from the Lord. And why have they decided to do that with one of the lights of my childhood? I mean, the, the hell C- did you just say? The CW has some real, I mean, real trash, but amazing TV. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, this is not a lie, including Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, that was a phenomenal The Temple spell, yeah. Guards, the Shrine of the Silver Monkey, you, you guys the Blue Barracudas. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, by the way, CW folks, if you're listening, I don't need to host any cool shit. You got a great show like that with Inside the NFL. I'm excited to watch. But if you want to bring me on to host Legends of the Hidden Temple, I promise. You'd do that over inside the NFL, would you? In a heartbeat. Oh, my God. I would be great at that one there. So let's get it twisted. Let's go put together that little monkey in that room. I don't know how more the Temple Guards didn't get punched back in the day when they're running up on kids like that. Boy, that is true. They used to just come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to pop. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point. That's a good point. These hands work, Temple Guard. Yo, I did enjoy that. Oh, man, that's so good. Oh, man. All right, well, uh, congratulations to Brian. Also, like, a great run on that show. Oh, exactly. Incredible. 300 episodes. Yeah, yeah. Did we we miss the headline there? (laughs) (laughs) This is the problem. Brian Gumbel puts together 29 years of this unbelievable, long-form, dedicated show. And you disrespect it. 37. Guys, 37 sports Emmy Awards, three Peabody's. Pretty good wow. for the show. Wow. Yeah. But could he put together the silver monkey in that room with the allotted time period? Probably not. not give, Probably not. Give the man his due. Mm. Congratulations, Brian Gumpel. Uh, let's finish up with one more bit of congratulations yeah. here, Jesse. If we talked about bags getting handed out a lot this week. Yeah, look, somebody is going to be able to buy all the sequin blazers they want. Kim Mulkey yeah. uh, signing an incredible deal. 10 years 32 million richest total contract in women's college basketball history. You know her resume, four national championships, three with Baylor, one with LSU, three-time AP College Basketball Coach of the Year, first person in NCAA women's basketball history to win a national title as a player, assistant coach, and head coach. Absolutely unreal. What was unreal were those outfits during the tournament. I yeah. mean, that was just fitted up, man. Do, do, now, do you think she, I mean, she, she, I'm sure has her own fashion thoughts, but how players, uh, how, how the guys in the NBA Styling, have a stylist? Have a stylist. Do you think Kim is her own stylist? Or do you, you think, think Kim Mulkey's letting someone else tell her what to do? Well, yeah. I know, but maybe, maybe she's, she's smart enough or a good enough coach to understand, to delegate, if this person maybe knows this better than me, I'll, I'll rely on them. I think I those know. are custom fits straight from Kim Mulkey's mouth. She's saying, make me this, this sequin blazer. And they're like, yes, anything you want, queen. Jesse, would you ever wear any of the outfits she had on? Yes, I would 100% wear a sequin blazer. Yeah. No problem. I will say, by the way, too, Kim Mulkey is going to probably make this contract look very good again very quickly because in addition to the national championship team she brought back last year, led by Angel Reese, they went out in the portal and added Haley Van Lift to that as well. Right. I would pay to see some of those fights in practice among that group. They're big personalities, all very accomplished personalities, too, who are going to walk into this and probably steamroll through a lot of women's college basketball next year. That LSU team is going to be a juggernaut. That is a lot of A personalities starting with their coach. Yes. Oh, first and foremost at the front of the line yeah. there. So, but uh, yeah, that is, uh, listen, an incredible testament we've talked about in a lot of ways. Listen, well, I might have personal misgivings with some of the things that Kim Mulkey has said and done, especially off the court in recent years. 
what her and that program have represented and what we've seen now is the general uh, trends that we've talked about in women's sports coming off what happened with Nebraska volleyball, women's college basketball this last year, some of the highest rated games of the year, including Caitlin Clark, that LSU team in the postseason. You've got legitimate stars in that sport. And this coach is certainly one of the names everybody knows. Yeah. So we congrats on her securing the bag. There's been a number of players and coaches we talked about securing the bag has been pretty impressive as we get ready to hit week one of the NFL. Enjoy it. Drink it in. Thanks so much for rocking with us. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the NFL action. Download, subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you on Monday.